All right, welcome back to Good Books, Bad Banter. Today we are talking about where the crawdads sing. I'm Tori. And I'm Maddie. And it's nice to see you all again here for another episode. Thanks so much for being so patient with us. I know we obviously like to try and stick to our schedule as best we can. It just ended up that we needed a little extra time just to make this episode perfect and the way that we wanted it so thank you for your patience but it's here like we said it would be so we'll start out with how about an update update for uh, this week your week yeah how was your week um my week was crazy um i was just so busy i'm getting ready to move here this next weekend so i um have a lot (laughs) a lot of stuff to do and half my apartment's packed and i have boxes everywhere and um yeah my apartment that once felt really enough space for one person now is starting to feel very small with all the boxes stacked together um but this weekend was so crazy i got to see 17 and in houston and it was insane did i tell you that they actually um live streamed it the entire concert yeah, so it's like, like on recorded. Instagram or no, they live streamed it like uh, I don't remember. YouTube? Yeah, something like something YouTube like or that. Hulu or something or Weverse, which is like the the app. But I think it was on other platforms too. <laughs> but either way, if you don't don't know who Seventeen is, they are a K-pop group. Um, even though they are called Seventeen, there are only thirteen members <laughs> only. Um, but it was so freaking awesome. We had at first really high nosebleed seats, but then we ended up being getting super lucky and like hours before the concert, we got near floor seating. It was like the very bottom level, like right smack dab in the middle. And, um, Cameron, my sister got seen by one of her favorite idols or like got noticed by one of her favorite (laughs) idols. And so it was awesome. Best concert I've ever been to. The first K-pop concert I finally have been able to go to. And it was well worth it. But I was driving all over Texas this weekend. So I'm still trying to recover, to say the least. But that's kind of the highlights of my week My week and weekend. What about you? Um, I also had a pretty pretty busy week or weekend. Um, um, I was so nervous. It was going to be awful. But... After the humidity kind of went away, it was, like, actually so fucking nice out. I bet. Awesome. It was only 75 that night. Oh, my gosh. In the in middle of August. August. I know. Yeah. So, it was amazing weather, and um, we got home super late. We probably went to bed at, like, 2.30 in the morning or something. Sounds about right. And then the next day, I just kind of, like, laid around in bed and watched New Girl and... Um, I read, and I stayed up until 5 a.m. reading that night because I'm a fucking idiot. And then the next day, I went on a boat party for work. Oh, yeah. For uh-huh. my um, photography side stuff that I do. And so we were on the lake for a couple of hours. And then I came home, and I read until 3 a.m. <laughs> last night. Yeah, and you texted me late. Yeah. You te- she texted me and she's like, like 2:55. Yeah, she texted me. She's, I'm emotional. <laughs> it was I was <laughs> which emotional. is fair because I was it literally like crying. oh I cried in this book. 
It was so good. I cried. Okay, so that's it for the updates. Now we'll get into like <laughs> what we're actually. No about, wait, is, you didn't even like. Did you finish? Yeah, I had the boat party and then I stayed up late reading. And okay, now, okay, okay. Today we good had segue. I didn't even know. Yeah, I'm so sorry I ruined that. You didn't ruin anything. <laughs> <laughs> but i was leading us right into it and here we are so yeah uh now we're gonna talk about where the crawdads sing let's talk about because i read this i read this in 2020 so a long time ago it's been two years since i've actually physically read the book and i read this during the pandemic so yeah. um if you haven't listened to our welcome episode that we posted a few weeks back I started reading during the pandemic and that's really like when, well, not started reading. I had always read as a kid, but that's how it got back into the love of reading as an adult. And where the crowd had sing was probably the, either the second or the third book that I picked up because I kept hearing really good things about it because mm-hmm. I've always heard awesome things about it. Yeah. Well, at the time it was really blowing up <coughs> <laughs> and it was really blowing up on, I think book YouTube because I had just gone down, like, a true rabbit hole of all book stuff. And um, after that, I think I remember just reading it. And I remember reading it while I was on the clock at work. <laughs> Amazing. I've done Well, that. because I was, like I said, I was an office administrator. So I didn't do a lot. of. I was just checking emails and taking yeah. calls all day. And most of my calls that I taught, like, that I answered, I was like, I'm sorry. You'll have to email them. That was my response to, like, I think at least 90% or they no longer work here. So I had a lot of free time. So, but I, that's how, that's whenever I read it. And I remember really loving it. And I tried to get my mom to read it. And she ended up listening to it. So, Aww. yeah, that was one of the books that I uh, told her that she needed to listen to. And I checked out for her at the library. And she listened to it on her way to work for, like, three weeks. Bro. Three weeks? Well, I mean, yeah, because it was like, well, maybe not three weeks, maybe like two. Because she was normal just, people don't listen to books twenty four seven like I do. She actually, I think she was still a little bit behind on it, so she sat in her room for a few hours in the dark and she just listened to it. She said it was so peaceful. Dude, it's so peaceful to listen to your book and just lay in bed. Uh huh. I've done it too to kind of help me fall asleep. It's sometimes. dangerous because if you fall asleep, then you like miss stuff. But but you can kind of go back yeah, to what you remembered. It's definitely. not. It's low stakes. But anyways, that's whenever I read it. Yeah. So. And I read it for the first time this weekend. That's why we stayed up super late. We didn't. We recorded late because obviously we both had a lot going on this weekend. And we usually record uh, on Sundays. And we both like didn't get home until super late. So. Yeah. Um, I was at zero yesterday. Yeah. But this book was so freaking beautiful. And mm. I'm glad I read it. Like, now when I'm older instead of, like, when I was younger. Because not that I wouldn't have appreciated Mm. it, but I think I appreciate it more. Yeah, the poeticism of it all. and It's so fucking complex and good and, like, Yes. Yes. I just remember how much of a dream I felt like whenever I was reading this book the entire time. Like, I could just visualize everything. You could totally visualize everything. And I don't know. It's just so interesting how, like, authors obviously each have their own writing style but how you're able to imagine things more easily with some than with others yeah the amount of detail that is in but it wasn't is phenomenal right and it but it wasn't like overpowering yeah it didn't feel like it just went on and on of all the details of a scene like 
it was because you know high fantasy books can kind of do that yeah like over detailing stuff and then you're like okay get over it i get the like idea. yes like older like well not older like adult fantasy i know sometimes kind of goes overboard with just describing every single corner of the room yeah. and you're like i can't I believe like we're just there guitar was a little like that Akatar could yeah it had, t- like, it had like tinges moments. of it yeah um but this book was just like the perfect amount no for i absolutely i agree especially i think i mentioned you this earlier uh the food like it Mm -hmm. there was always such like for every meal every single thing that was eaten was like just described (laughs) um and i think that was done for obviously a really important reason because she grew up without food right so like detailing like how little she ate and then how she got to eat better and like just the difference in wealth and stuff but yeah have you ever heard of like how you can kind of distinguish somebody's like not economic status but how they grew up with like food and stuff and it's like when you are in like the lower class is like did you have enough food like at the dinner table people will ask you you're like oh did you have enough food to eat and then if you're in the middle class people will ask um did you like what you eat or like did you did it taste good right mm. and then in the upper class is like did you like how it was presented like the experience of eating oh, yeah. so it's more like necessity comfort and then luxury sort oh of yeah thing. so it was interesting i remember that was like a whole lesson in my one of my sociology or linguistics class that is just even in the way that you talk and the way that you grow up in those things even like small things like oh did you did you enjoy your food or did you did you get enough or stuff like that can kind of not it can reveal a lot more than what you think yeah so but yeah no i definitely remember like i feel like i read the book yesterday still that's and it's been two years it was just a very memorable story yeah oh my god yeah um i will say though i think i only gave it a four at the time maybe even a no, I think I gave it a four, four and a half because I really, really liked it and it cried at the end. Yeah. I would say this is like a four and a half, five for me. <laughs> All the books have been a five. Bro, I know because we have three <laughs> fucking good books. Hey, the first one was not. Love Hypothesis is not. That's true. That's true. But the past three have been like. I know, but we every summer after. That we really fucking love. So. You, yeah, that's true. Well, because we just had a lot to say. I'd say, so, Akatar, I gave a five, but obviously mm. they have more mm. issues, so I shouldn't have necessarily given it a five, probably a four, but I just love it so much that, it, like, <laughs> I gave it a five. It's fine. No, you don't have to justify. I'm just saying, I was no, like, I just I'm love that. I'm not justifying. I'm just, like, talking through, like, my gotcha. thought process behind gotcha. it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I was I like, don't the, feel like you have to justify your rating. Oh, no. I think this is the most expert writing, and obviously that has yes. to do with her background yes in uh, nature and stuff unfortunately the author is in some hot water right now for being a shitty fucking person and having to yeah um, i think that's really interesting that it's coming it's being shed the light is being lit on all of that or illuminated on that right the movie obviously but i think it's funny because the book like i said it was so big because it came out i i believe two years ago I need to Google this, honestly. I want to know when it came out. I think it was 2020. I think that's the reason why it was such a big thing. You can see in the copyright on the book. It's maybe or 2018 then. Because I th- want to say I saw 2018. When did Crawdads come out? 
or release come out. <laughs> when did credits come out of the closet? Oh my gosh. Craw- I can't fucking spell her shit right now. Crawdads. Do you say crawdads or crawfish? Which one do you think sounds more southern? Crawdads sounds more southern. I thank you. Thank you. There's a particular someone that I know is going to listen to this podcast and she's going to think the exact opposite. And we have had debates on this. And that person grew up in Nevada. So what if the we, fuck? How would they know then? Because they have crawfish in the Tahoe, in Lake Tahoe. Oh. And she'd go hunting. Or she'd not go hunting, but she'd go and pick them up and stuff and then whatever. And she uh, called them crawdads. 2018. 2018. 2018? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. A coming-of-age murder mystery novel by So, Delia almost Owens. four years later, and then sh- all of this finally gets you know put in the press which i think like i said is interesting that the fact that (coughs) she had to make a movie for all of this to be kind of dug up rather than in her book yeah well i mean obviously it's like more in i yeah but but. you know i think it's just it's funny how that all works former had owen's former husband mark has been accused of operating a shoot to kill policy against poachers while in Z- Zambia. Zambia? Zambia. They're still wanted there for questioning. And they've denied the accusations. Which is interesting because, like, she's writing this murder mystery novel. And now she's wanted. And, like, connection for murder, murder mystery. Like, that's fucking wild. Right, what you know, babe? I'm about to say, you literally which took the words. Fuck, you took the words right out of my mouth. Honestly. It's almost like this beautiful book is like evidence almost, you know. Or confession. Yeah, who knows. But. <coughs> okay, so. So, star ratings. We I kind of, I guess we kind of already talked about what we thought about it. Yeah. It's pretty good. So, as you know, every beginning of each of our episodes is spoiler free. Um, but now this is your warning that if you have not read the book or if you do not care whether or not you hear the spoilers and still want to read it, um, definitely keep listening. And if not, log off, go read the book and then come and join back on the conversation. All right, let's dive in. So, so it starts out with her mom leaving. Yeah. Like she's six years old. Mm-hmm. And she's watching her mom leave, and she thinks she'll come back, and she just doesn't. Yep. Because her dad is abusive as hell. Yeah, very abusive. Horrible person. Mm-hmm. Such a liar. <laughs> Such a fucking liar. I know. He's bad. Uh, yeah, I remember watching that, and then I just remember feeling how incredibly young she was yeah the entire time and how aware she was at her age yeah and um as she was growing up but she always like you said she thought that her mom would come back come down that gravel oh my god back even down up that gravel until road. the end in her 20s she's like i still would like kind of wait for ma to come back down the road yeah oh it's so heartbreaking and so not only like, is she, like, super aware as a child because she's, like, living in an abusive household and that leads to issues? Like, her closest sibling is seven years older than her. Uh-huh. Which is, like, isolating also. Right. 
because you are just <coughs> seen as the child of the you know the kid's sibling yeah so nobody really takes not takes you seriously but you are already so far in age that sometimes that age gap really just makes you two different people living yeah. in the same house I rather mean, than siblings like he tried to be a good sibling but after ma left like he left too and he was only 13 mm-hmm. and so she literally is left like so alone yeah and it's a while it's until a while that they find out that she's been living there by herself after like what happens to pa he leaves so, too so uh, i mean we'll get into that that takes a minute to happen but the what i'm trying to get at is whenever they come and find her for school oh is that later well, so she's still living with Paul when the truant officer it's her comes. comes. Yeah, it's like you gotta go to school. Yeah, and she goes for a day, and um, she's like just harassed by all her uh-huh. like fellow students. She's made and fun so of because they call her the the marsh swamp girl, trash, marsh swamp girl, swamp trash, all just kinds of really terrible names. Yeah. Like literally, grown adults are calling this six-year-old girl these horrible names. Wait, I thought the book starts out with the the scene of the murder. Well, yeah. Right, where they find the dead body and they're so like, whoo, what? I, I think, so Hello. I have track actually of when it switched back and forth between timelines. And so I think it starts with Ma leaving and then... Uh, Look at your notes. Oh, my God. I, dude, I took detailed fucking notes. I'm telling you. I like the sad face. <laughs> <laughs> I have little hearts next to sweet scenes and stuff, too. But, um, and then, see, yeah. So, she, her mom leaves, and then Jody leaves. And then we have the encounter where she has to go to the grocery store and buy food for food. Her, her and her dad. Uh-huh. And Grits. then it skips to Chase in 1969. And I literally... I go, Chase, 1969. Okay, so Chase is dead. <laughs> 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 Next fucking line. And then I go back to 1952. And we find out that her real name is Catherine. And, yes. Um, but they call her Kaya. Yes, Kaya. And so she goes to school for a day, and then she doesn't go back because she's harassed so much. She avoids the truant officer. She does. Who's actually, like, a really nice lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, like, you just see how lonely she is. She just, like, goes into the swamp and the marsh every day and, like, plays by herself. She, her dad leaves for, like, days at a time. Yes, and they get longer and longer <laughs> in between the periods. Yeah. Is what and I so remember. There's, like, one day where she jumps off of a, like, little tree stand and she lands on a nail and she has a nail through her foot. And, like, no one is there to help her. Yep. This seven-year-old child has to, like, pack her foot with mud and soak it in the creek so that she doesn't have to go get a tetanus shot. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's afraid she's going to die and no one is there in the shack with her. Yep. It's seven years old. Like, it's heartbreaking as fuck from the get-go. It is. It's very heartbreaking and it's really emotional and very laden. And then um, she learns um, later. Well, I think I'm kind of skipping around. So I'm going to kind of lead off That's of okay. you i'll always bring us back to you're like i'll always lead us back <laughs> um but i also wanted to note that this is a very crucial time in history where this is set it's in oh. the middle of civil rights it's in the middle of segregation oh, it's yeah. in the middle of 
a lot of institutionalized aren't allowed in certain stores right women Um, black color people of color it's a very institutionalized racism misogyny it's awful and i think this book also highlights even more so that i know that obviously racism stems from a lot of people but there can just not racism within white people but there is you know um ostrich ostracization yes or whatever you can be ostracized yeah. in your own, you know, culture and your own people and stuff and still not oh. be part of the... Well, that's just of classism. Classism. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't fit in, even even though you are the majority, you know, because Kaya is white. Mm-hmm. And, but she's still seen as white trash. Yeah. Quote, unquote, right, white trash. As, you know, the swamp girl, she's uneducated, she's touch her she gets a disease you know stuff like that that is just very interesting to see that the dynamic of just people in general within this time period i mean it's still late in right now but i mean i think all of the historical moments and timeline of this book also emphasizes a lot of these same issues and the same troubles that she's facing while she goes into town who she ends up associating with with like hopper and Jumpin'. Jumpin'. Why did and I Mabel. say Hopper? Hopper's from Stranger Things. Stranger Things. I just... <laughs> um, just so everyone knows, Jumpin'. it is 1240, or 10.40 at night, so we might be a little tired and a little loopy. We're still trying to figure Don't worry, the I, Monday this out. book is very fresh in my mind. I literally finished it yesterday, I know. so... I'm pissed. Anyways, <laughs> Jumpin' and Mabel. Uh, yeah. And who she ends up associating, and I love Jumpin' and Mabel so much. Oh my god, yeah. Don't worry. I, I love so this so much. I cried, I think, at least two or three times when I was reading this. Oh but anyways. Alright. Um, so, one of my first earlier notes, not my first notes, but my earlier is literally, does her dad ever come back? That's how gone, how long he's gone. Yes. I'm like, is he fucking coming back or is he just done it? Seven years old. Like, he's like, fuck it. I'm gonna go be a drunk gambler. And I think if I'm not, if I'm remembering this correctly... Every time he came home, she still made him food. Right? Oh, yeah. She had the place cleaned the nines and was making him food at seven years old, even though she didn't know how to fucking cook. Like, she figured it out. Yeah. It's really sad. But um, my first thing that I, like, really was, like, oh, wrote a little heart next to was uh, Kaya laid her hand upon the breathing wet earth and the marsh became her mother. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, Oh, page How? 34 straight to the fucking heart already like it's so beautiful it's so beautiful uh it makes me want to cry thinking about it right now honestly it's so beautiful just the like connection of nature that she put into this character like the character of innocence and how much love she has for her marsh yeah and for the environment and stuff which and i think was like again very revolutionary in that book obviously right right it's a very big uh theme but as like i said as we continue but so then her dad comes back for a little bit right Uh uh-huh and then he leaves again but he tells her this time like i'm leaving he's gonna go talk to like the army to get more money on his like pension checks or whatever Uh uh-huh um so, uh, while he's gone, she takes out his boat for the first time. Yes. And that's when she gets a little lost, and she sees Tate out on his boat mm-hmm. fishing. And fishing. <laughs> she, 
he was friends with Jody, her older brother, and mm-hmm. he helps her get back to their her shack. Yes. Because she gets lost. Yes. Um Yes, 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 yes. And I love Tate's dad so much, Scupper. Scupper, yeah. He's so, uh, this is what I wrote down from him. Um <laughs> Oh fuck, did I not write the quote? But he's like so not anti or he's like so not toxic masculinity. He's like a mm. real man can cry, defends a woman, and like has his feelings. He's progressive for the time. Oh, for real. He was so progressive for the time. But um all I keep thinking is like Kaya literally has zero people to talk to and she like starts talking out loud, like to herself and to the marsh. And like the yeah. creatures in it basically. Like it's yeah. her family. It's so sad. Do you think that part of that is like to stave off insanity oh my god yeah because if you don't talk to anybody mm-hmm. lose your marbles <laughs> immediately especially me i fucking talk everyone's ears off like i would go insane i think you do but also i don't i think you have moments of like not silence but moments of times where you're just like there to listen well yeah not 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 just there people. to listen but i think you <coughs> i think there are moments where you end up listening more than you actually talk. Yeah, well, I feel like most. I think it's just. I think it's just them. dependent on the situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but still, if you can talk to anybody for like weeks and weeks at a time, especially as a kid. Yeah. Like your development is where so you're behind. asking questions. She doesn't know how to like read or write or anything like mm-hmm. that. She doesn't go to school, so. But. Um, then her dad comes back. And they have, like, a nice dinner together. Uh-huh. And I feel like after Ma leaves, like, he doesn't, like, necessarily, like, abuse her as much. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of staves off for a little bit. But the whole time you're just holding your breath waiting for it to, like, get bad again. And that is, for like, him to explode. a deep part of, like, abuse. Right. Because you're just tiptoeing around someone. You're holding your breath. You're afraid anything you do is going to be right. the wrong thing to trip them up. Right. And so, like, even during the non-abusive, quote-unquote, parts, like, it's still abuse because, like, you don't, you, like, can't live your In peace. real life. Yeah. In peace because you feel like the peace that you're getting at the moment is just temporary. Yeah. But she asks him to teach her to fish. Uh-huh. And he decides that he's going to teach her. And so they start fishing together and eating mm-hmm. dinner together and it, like, makes her so happy. I know. Like, all she wants is her family. Back. Ugh, it's so heartbreaking. I'm like, ready <laughs> to jump off a bridge thinking about it. It's so sad. Stop. But um, another part that was so sad is that he gives her his old backpack, and she's, like, so excited. Like, she treasures the shit out of it. It's the mm-hmm. first gift she's, like, ever gotten, especially from him. Right. And it's, like so important to her because she has all those collections of stuff Mm -hmm. from the marsh and then she can like keep it in her knapsack in her knapsack oh my gosh that's what they call it in the book so it can keep it in her knapsack yeah well i think it is interesting because i think it's like i said just like when you think of gifts sometimes you know when i was a kid i thought gifts were just something that were new and it's not necessarily the same thing like people have a different understanding of gifts like, of like giving something I mean, that actually means something instead of just like some 
random shiny new thing. Right. And like for Kaya, that was an old knapsack that she had never had before. Like something she'd never had before. And it wasn't brand new, but it was useful and it meant something to her because her dad gave her it to dad her. gave it to her. Yeah. Um so but then he teaches her all about like the swamp and nature and like mm-hmm. how to use the boat and stuff. And there's one day where she catches a f- really big fish and he calls her hun and she's oh like oh my gosh oh my yes. god he called me hun like he's never called me that before. It's just like so sweet. She's yes. like such an innocent soul. She I mean well she's 7. I know. But so it's just so precious. That blurred line of having to be the adult but also still being the kid. Yeah. And wanting that approval from your incompetent parent. And Ugh. it's just it again, it's just it's so it tugs on all of your heartstrings. Yeah. In the best but worst way possible. Like the worst but best way possible. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about what happened to Chase. So we meet yes. Chase as a dead man in the swamp. As a where he belongs <laughs> rotting uh, yes two kids find him he had, he he fell uh, off fell the fire from tower. yes the, t- the fire tower but they weren't able to locate his body because the swamp had or his the marsh no. no his body's there yeah his body's there but they weren't they didn't see it because the marsh came up and then it came back is it right no i remember that no there's no tracks because the marsh came in and washed them away but his body the boy no, yeah like, the body's there but like him. they didn't see him and then they saw like at night and then <laughs> I, Maddie, I think like, you might be a little confused <laughs> no yeah <laughs> his body's still there just the, like the, there was water just surrounding him but then it went away and then they well, were no there's no tracks by the fire tower usually like yeah not a lot true. of people go over there right right and then these boys rode up, and then they saw the denim in the, the marsh or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they ran to the police. And the police think it's a murder because they can't find any tracks, even his. Right. Like, no tire tracks, no footprints, no nothing. And um, for a while, they have literally no leads because it seems like just an accident. And mm-hmm. there's no lab results at first either. And all that they can go off is town gossip which obviously you can't lead an investigation off of that alone really right um it wasn't there something tied to him we'll get there okay that's why i I was vague oh yeah so in the beginning i like how we're not talking about spoilers even though this is a spoiler section well i feel like we've already talked about spoilers I know. I just Haven't think we? it's funny that we're like, oh. I'm like alluding to it, but this is the spoiler I'm section. I'm such a freak about a timeline, though. So that's why. Because it, uh, it like jumps back and forth or whatever. So at right. one, the, these, <laughs> these chase chapters are really short in the beginning, like the mm-hmm. present day or like the later days. They're super short in the beginning, like a page and a half, two pages. Um, eventually, during one of the chase chapters... His mom comes in and talks about a shell necklace that yes. he wears. And he wears it every single day for four years. And she knows that the swamp girl, the marsh girl, girl had given it to him. Had given it to him. 
and um, she had dinner with Chase the night he died before he left. Uh-huh. She saw it on him, but when she came to collect his things from the corner, it, was it wasn't not there. there. So she thinks it was Kaya because she knows that Kaya made the necklace for him. So who else would want to take it off of his body? Right. So that's the thing that's like hanging on him or whatever. Try down him. Mm-hmm. <coughs> you still haven't gotten that cough checked, huh? It's so much better. It's like worse today, honestly, than it has been in a few days. But I'm it's a lot better than it was last time. I'm like your bad luck charm. Oh, my God. Shut up. No, you're not. She's saying <laughs> that because I was having like a cough attack in her car the other she day. She did. I thought she was going to die. I thought I was like, babe, are you okay? I think you. I genuinely just think something was in the air. Yeah, probably just worse allergies that day or something. And also we're tired now, too. So everything's yeah. settling in our bodies. We're literally so, laying in my bed, like, sprawled out, chatting. Chit-chat. Late night chit-chat. So then we jump back to, like, 1953. And she uh, goes into the diner with her dad for the first time and has, like, a real fucking meal for the first time. Yes. And she that was the first time she had ever been in town and she had ever been to a restaurant. Yeah. Yes. With her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... The preacher's wife is saying to her yes. own daughter to stay away because Kaya is dirty. Uh-huh. She's the marsh girl. Like, ooh, my my blood fucking boils thinking oh, about it. Oh, I bet. It, it boils. I know. It makes me so fucking Because, like, at, again, at seven, uh, seven years old, you don't know how to... You have nobody there to teach you how to take care of yourself. Not... In the proper, quote-unquote, way. Well, and especially her dad isn't the one teaching her shit. Exactly. Like, he might be a little bit better right now, but he's still not, like, doing all the things he's not parenting. needs to be doing. Yeah. Exactly. He's doing the bare minimum to even, like, keep her alive. Uh-huh. She, he's really not even doing that. She did that for herself. Right. But then we find out that, like, he used to beat, like, the ever-living shit out of his wife. Out of the mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Kaya, like, tried to stop him, and he whipped her with a belt. Yes. And it's disgusting. And we find out other things later on, like, about Jody. Um, there was one time he took, Pa took a fire poker and smacked Ma across the chest and, like, cut her chest open. Uh-huh. And Jody tried to tackle him. And Pa smacked him with the fire poker on his face. So he has, like, huge scar. And yes, Ma had to, like, stitch him up on the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, he was laying in blood. His jaw was all fucked up. Like, that's, like, next level. Like, mm-hmm. taking something like that and hitting people with it. Ugh, it makes me want to <laughs> gag. Like, ugh. It's awful. But. Your sound effects are A1. Thank you. I love them. Um, but a year after Ma leaves, she sends a letter. She does. Mm-hmm. And poor Kaya can't read it, so she leaves it for her dad, and then her dad gets pissed as fuck and storms off after burning yes. the letter. Yes. She, she ran away and hid because she knew he was going to get pissed. She keeps the ashes of the letter in a vial. Uh-huh. That's how, like, badly she wants to be connected to her mom. And then after that, her dad is gone for good. He mm-hmm. doesn't ever come back again. Nope. That was what sent him over the edge. And um, 
her mom had a garden that like ran she ragged had- as she left. Um, and I just remembered this line because I wrote it down because it like resonated. But no God's gonna come to this garden. Mm. It's just so fucking sad. Like she like she right. has no faith in anything. She has no one to rely on. Just like nothing. I know. And she at seven years old realizes that she's utterly fucked. Yeah. Just the gravity of how alone and how helpless that she really is at at this moment and at this time in her life and how much she how much responsibility her little shoulders have to kind of carry Mm -hmm. to keep her alive to keep her there yeah and to keep her going and at least you know um i remember didn't she move her bed onto like the screened in porch yeah and sometimes she'll sleep on the beach by the seagulls that's so cute I know. It's so cute, but it's also so fucking sad. I know. Because, like, I don't think I could ever sleep on the beach with How the seagulls. How does she not get creeped out when she's alone? That was, exactly. like, the most impressive thing to me. Like, she knew the swamp so well and, like, the sounds of it, but still I would get scared so fast. Like, she's yeah. so brave. She is. But I think, again, I don't think she had anybody there to tell her to be scared of anything. Yeah. It's like True. you should be because I forget, you, like, this fear is way back too. So like it's a right. less scary. But and it's also fear is fear is given to is really given to people. It's learned. It's learned in yeah. some aspects in some aspects. Like yeah. you always have an innate fear of, of some things that like, you know, like an irrational fear like of tornadoes or of spiders or something because you get scared of them. But a lot of fear is taught to you. You're like, oh, you should fear fire because you can get burned, you know, or fear yeah, spoiled but water. In this book, too, I would argue that they talk a lot about how things are built into your DNA. Yeah. That and also just how, again, just how fear is built into so many people. Because there is a fear of her, but nobody knew who she was. Yeah. There's a fear of so many things of who of the unknown, and that's essentially like what also saves her, I think. But that's for a little bit of later in the episode. Oh yeah. So, anyways, what um, you got next? My next thing is it jumps ahead to 1956, so now she's 10 years old, and she's selling muscles to jump in to have money to buy groceries. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's one day where he can't buy her mussels because she's not the first person there. And so she tries to sell him smoked fish and it's like god awful. But he takes them anyways and he's like, if I sell them, then I'll give you some of the money. And he takes it home to his wife, Mabel. And she's like, I'll turn it into a stew and we'll get like some people at the church to like fundraise for her and get her some clothes and like stuff like that oh, i know can't, like a fucking angel and jumping is so fucking sweet i just like oh i love them so jumping with the dad he yeah. was her dad i know it's heartbreaking oh. okay we have to keep on track though i could talk about him all day um so she sees tate every once in a while when she goes out like mm-hmm. fishing and stuff and she says her heart has pounded for years when she sees him and it's so fucking Aww. cute young love um 
But so Mabel gets her the clothes and other supplies and helps yes. her with gardening seeds and like tells her how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like so sweet because she gives her like real kid clothes, like yeah. instead of just the same pair of dirty overalls every day that she had been wearing. Right. Um, and then it jumps ahead to 1960 when she's 14. Mm. After that, like mm-hmm. some some spaces of time are, like go faster than others. Like in yeah. This book. Which I also appreciated because, again, sometimes I find that sometimes authors feel obligated to, like, for this one, the formatting was, like, by, I guess, milestone years more than anything, like, yeah. 7, 10, 14. Some authors may feel like they need to go by chronological order. You know what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like, like that's where it really brings the book. Right, where the book gets way too much into detail, mm-hmm. where you're like, I don't think you have, unless something significant, like, happens. again, happens yeah. in those timelines, then it, maybe it's not very conducive to include it in the story. Yeah. Whereas, like, this is, like, 7, 10, 14. Those are, 7 is a very young kid. 10, you have a little bit more, you know, you're more of, like, a true kid. Like, you know what I mean? A little, a bigger kid. Yeah. And then 14, you're starting to become an adult. A teenager. Or a teenager, yeah. not an adult. But a teenager, and that's where a lot of changes in your, like, body and your hormones and your thoughts and stuff start to happen and develop. Yeah. And so, now she's been alone for, like, six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Already at only 14. Uh-huh. So, it's been a while she's been on her own. And one day she's like by herself and she like feels someone's presence and it's, there's someone in the clearing and she runs away and hides. But then she goes back and there's a heron feather sitting in a tree stump. Yes. And she takes it and then she comes back and there's another feather. And so we find out that someone is leaving her little gifts. Because she collects again for her collection. Mm-hmm. And um she starts teaching herself how to paint and draw like her mom did. Yes, because she finds the paints. Yes. In her mom's drawers, in her old dress. And then um, when she's 14, there's, like, this is when we start learning that um, some of the boys from in the town, it's like a rite of passage to come and, like, put their hands on her shack in the middle yes. of the night and, like, to prove that you're, like, a cool guy or whatever. Yes. And she's, like, terrified because she's all alone and she's, like, hiding in her shack. And these boys are, like, like slamming their hands on her house mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And it's just, oh, I could fight people for her. <laughs> I could fight for Kaya. But Kaya's strong. Very she's strong. She's so strong in so many and different. So, and resilient. She runs fast. She knows the marsh by, like, heart. So she can outrun and outmaneuver, like, anybody, basically. Yeah. Which is so cool. I love a strong woman. A smart woman. A strong, independent woman. Fuck yeah. And then <clears throat> it jumps back ahead to 1969 when they're investigating the murder. And mm-hmm. they finally find red wool fibers on his jacket. Yes. <clears throat> now, we don't find anything else else about them for like a long time. Mm-hmm. But it's like their first lead in the case. Right. Their so. first breakthrough, finally. Because before that, they... They just automatically assumed it was a murder. 
and uh, or did they assume it was a suicide at first? Um, they were they thought it was either an accident or a murder. I don't think they ever thought it was a suicide. Oh, an accident. Yeah, yes. because not a suicide. Yeah, an like accident is what I really meant. Up and he fell through. Through right. Sad. That's technically what killed him. So we find out that there's the red fibers, and then that's all we really find out in that chapter, and then it jumps back to 1960 again. Mm. And now she's leaving a feather for the um boy that is leaving feathers for her. Well, she doesn't know it's a boy. No, she did. She knew it was a boy. Because she saw him. Oh, she saw them. She saw okay. Him. But she didn't know, like, who it who was. Who was. Um, and then... She, there's, like, so many, like, random little details that I love in this book, like, but she was going through her mom's stuff, and she found, like, nail polish, and uh-huh. old makeup, and, um, some scissors, and she hadn't had a haircut since her mom left. Right. She's 14 or 15, and her mom left when she was 7, so she, like, just chops her hair off randomly. Yep. And I don't know why, I just loved that detail. Like, she cut 8 inches off her hair all of a sudden. She said, bye-bye. Yeah. And it's just, ugh, I don't know. But she's playing with her mom's makeup and stuff, and then she, like, saves it all in her little, like, treasure box that Mm -hmm. she has. Um, But the nail polish, like, sparks a memory of when her mom was there, and they all went in the boat, and they got stuck, and, like, they laughed it off. Uh And her mom says, see, this is what's important. Like, it might be a bad thing, but we still have fun and laugh it off and realize it's, like, not a bad day and um, like good there's good in the bad yeah and it's just ugh, i don't know it's just ethereal yeah it's just sad because like she's telling her children to remember this because she knows that their father would literally like hurt them if like that happened with him mm-hmm. it's so fucking sad anyways um let's see what's my next note <laughs> Always with the notes. I love it. Oh, yeah. So, she's talking about how the boat got stuck in the mud, and then Kaya thinks to herself, where are you now, Ma? Why didn't you stick? And it, I don't know why, but that line just like, Ugh! all these lines just cut through my soul. There are so many, like, they quotes from so this sad. book that were just, like. They're so powerful. Yes. And it's just, like, sad because such a It's like gentle power. Gentle like, power. Ugh. Because she, I don't, the entire time I don't ever think Kaya is a very, um, like she's a strong person, but she's not loud. Oh, yeah. Her no. actions are loud, but she's, she's silent. Yes. Like, even and it's, like, it is like a gentle like, resilience and gentle power yeah. in knowing. And I think that is just truly one of the remarkable things about this book and about Kaya. Yeah. And about how owens re- wrote her and you wrote her as a character is weak that's for damn no sure. you are incapable or anything negative to that effect yeah so um a new feather and seeds and a spark plug for the boat are left for her in the stump and he writes her a note but she can't read right so um, and it she couldn't use the boat because the spark plug had gone out, right? Well, it hadn't, but the person who left it, we find out, is Tate, obviously. Right. 
he knows that she doesn't like to Tate. go into town. And so he does it because he just knows she doesn't want to go into town to have to get him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like really sweet that Tate. he notices this about her before they even like start talking to each other. I know. But um, we finally see Featherboy and it's Tate. <laughs> Featherboy! Um, and I also just love that name, Tate. I know, me too. Tate. And he like... I love how gentle he is with her. He never, like, tries to touch her. Like, he nope. knows that, like, she doesn't like that and that she scares easily. Right. And, um, it's or so she's easily startled. And that he knows how alone she is. Yeah. But he also loves the marsh as much as she does. Like, <laughs> he knows the feathers that he's giving to her and that she's giving back. And he's like, wow, this is so amazing. Like, how did you find this? Like, he appreciates and understands Dance her, her like no one else does. Because literally no one else understands her and knows her. So. Stop my heart. But then he offers to teach her to read, which we fucking love that, right? I mean, that happens. It definitely not the reaction that Feyre gave. Yeah. Kaya was like, please. Anyways, <laughs> I'm put my hands over my eyes because I'm like, oh, God. Farrah got all fucking pissed and Kaya is like, please. Yeah, she's like so excited to learn how to read. Oh. It's so precious. But um It's not a shortcoming in Tate's eyes. No. He uh <laughs> I have so many things I could compare this to, but I can't because we haven't talked about other books on the pod yet. I know. But Tori is currently almost two books ahead of me in the Court of Thorns and Roses. I'm fully two books. Oh no! Only no, like almost two. Yeah. yeah, you're you're getting close, but she's about two books ahead of me right now, and there are so many things we were just talking about it that she wants to say, but she has to hold her tongue because she's like, I don't think you're there yet. And I was like, Yeah, just. Sh- sh- I can't see. She sends me. She's been sending me TikToks because she's got nothing but Akatar shit on her time or on her for you for you page, and she sent me stuff, and I was like. Uh, and I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot I just, you weren't even this. I know, because, like, this, I did, this, like I said, this might just be funny, but she sent me a TikTok right before a scene was about to happen, and I was like, what? I watched it, and I was like, I have no idea what this is, which, but okay. The bone carver. Oh, the bone carver. The, but it was just a bone carver, <laughs> like what an AI rendering. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was an AI rendering of what his door looked like, which is not a huge spoiler no, or no. very anything. But she sent it to me, and I was like, who the fuck? I was like, why did she send it? I was like, I guess it's a really cool design. That's cool. And then literally. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it, honestly. I know, because I was like, I have no idea why this makes sense. But I was like, this is cool. Uh, very interesting. Loved it. And yeah, then later, I think, awesome. I think, I think the day of or the night after I read that chapter, I was like, oh, yeah. it makes sense now. Yeah. Makes sense. And then you sent me another one. Up. And then you sent me another one today that I was like, there's how many courts? And you're like, I forget about fuck. that. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of it what is. details are in which books. Because yeah. the books are so damn thick. They are, and they're long. So, so anyways, this is not an Akatar episode. Let's no. get back on track. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Our bad. That'll be next week. Ten in. So, um, Kaya wants to bring Mabel some horribly homemade jam. Yes. Um, and so she's walking to what's called 
colored town, um, which is where mm-hmm. Jumpin' and Mabel live. And she sees two boys coming down the lane and she, like, hides in the woods. And then Jumpin' yes. comes across their path and he, like, moves out of the way and he's being nothing but fucking nice. And then these two boys start saying horrible things to him. Mm-hmm. And she gets so mad that she winds up her fucking jelly and jam that she's made in uh, this sack that she's bringing to them in. And she, like, fucking knocks one of the boys in the head with these glass jars. And the other one, like, takes off sprinting. And she's like, oh, I was just like, fuck them <laughs> up. <laughs> fuck them up. Get them, Kaya. so mean. They and, are. Ugh. Anyways. Get them, Kaya. I just love that she, like, stood up for jumping. I know. By knocking that man out. I know. But, um. I love, I remember that scene, actually. Ugh, and, it, like I said, this is that whole interaction just between all of them wouldn't be as powerful if it was not set in this time period. Oh. Yeah. I think it's very monumental. Just Yeah, I get that. In in her relationship and solidifying like that she doesn't care. She's not a racist. Right. Bigoted asshole. Right. She doesn't she doesn't feed into what the standard was back then because she's the not the standard quo, yeah even if she is even though if she does fit you know what i mean like aesthetically yeah but she's not and i think again i think that shows who kaya is as a character and as a person and how well developed she is and how complex that she is for standing up for somebody and something that she knows and loves and under obviously appreciates and stuff and knows yeah. that they're being devalued at some point or in some way but anyways, that's just my two cents. It's late, and then this is when I get philosophical. And this is not a good time. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll keep us going. Do you want me to bring up the next thing? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, because Tate starts teaching her how to read, and she reads her first sentence. Doesn't they read it in the little shack that she made, like, outside of it? It's like a little fort. So that comes later, but yes. Oh, damn it. There's okay. like a... So they sit on the beach to learn how to read in the beginning, just under one of the trees. Mm. And eventually they come up with a um, second little rundown cottage that's, like, even deeper in the marsh. Yes. Because she's afraid that the truant people are going to come looking for her or, or social services. Because uh-huh. Jumpin' mentions that social services is looking for her. Uh-huh. And so they find, like, this little, like, worn-down cabin. And they're like, well, if you're afraid, you can come stay here. And so he's the only person who knows about that place besides Mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. But she reads her first line. And I just whenever they say a man beams and grins at a woman, I just like my heart sings. And he's like so happy for her. And he beams at her when she reads her first sentence. And I was just like, "Ah, okay. You're like, read that sentence, girl. I'll throw up. It's okay. But, um,. Then I love when she notices, like, certain words. Like, she becomes very interested in poetry eventually. Mm -hmm. But when she's first learning how to read, she says that she didn't know words could hold that much. Yes. Uh, And I thought that was so powerful. And the first thing that she ever notices that she says that about is, um, I wrote it down. There are some who can live without wild things and some who cannot. And 
obviously that's going to strike a fucking chord for her and it's a beautiful sentence in general right and so for her to say that i don't know because it encompasses so so much of her she cannot live without wild things exactly she is a wild thing she is she is part of the marsh yeah and um then she says that learning to read is the most fun she's ever had and i just think that's precious as fuck it just makes me so sad that the reading, learning to read to be literate, something that obviously is taken for granted so often here and just makes you, it kind of puts a lot of things in perspective too. Yeah. Um, Reminders. Yeah. That we should be grateful mm-hmm. for knowing how to fucking read these beautiful books. Exactly. But. And these beautiful characters who don't know how to read beautiful books. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this part broke my heart is that she wanted to ask why he bothered to teach her how to read, but she wouldn't because she thought he would think too hard and then go away. Like he would think too hard about it and be like, oh yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah, you're right. This is stupid. So. But. Like, no. I know. She needs to realize that people care about her. She needs to realize that she's worth something. Both uh, of us crying. <laughs> this is not oh a good God. book to be discussing <laughs> in the middle of the night. Uh, okay. And then he offers to teach her how to do math and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and she finds her family Bible now that she learns how to read. And she finds out what her birthday is, finally. And yes. then all her siblings' names and her parents' names. Because she had older siblings, too, besides Jody. Yeah, they but had they several, were, but, but they were a lot older and they were yeah far she gone. literally forgets their names and what they look like and uh-huh. stuff like that and she didn't know her parents first names and now this bible had them written in there so yes and she knew th- she knew her name but she didn't know how it was spelled or anything yeah because her, na- her full name is like Catherine, Catherine something but um then she is like recollecting memories Mm -hmm. um and we find out that her mom's family owned a shoe factory and they were very wealthy yes in new orleans yes and her dad his family used to be wealthy but then the depression hit and they lost everything um but he basically lied to her mom and was like oh i have money Uh uh-huh he tricked her and all this stuff and then they got married and he like swept her away to the marsh because his family owned some land and it's just like a a beaten down shack and her family was against their marriage from the beginning because they saw him for the fucking piece of shit liar he was but but she was so enamored and in love that she just yeah yeah she wanted to believe all the things he said to her she did but um so i think i might have said the social services thing too early because it's written in my notes here now that they're looking for her and this is the first time we hear we better hide way out where the crawdads sing mm-hmm. that's like obviously important isn't it so much fun whenever you find the title of the book in the book yeah like and like you see so like to the author right what the significance of it yeah it's so much fun because sometimes it's like really early in the book sometimes it's like the last line of the book sometimes like this one it's in the middle yeah and it has significance and stuff And I like that it's, like, not a throwaway line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
and it's something her mom originally had said to her. Right. Like where, where the wild or the where the crowd sing. Where the crowd sing. sing. I was gonna say where the wild things. Where the crowd sing. That's funny, but um, let's see. What's my next point? Oh, that she starts making up her poems in her head. Yes. She starts saying them. Um. And then Tate helps her sell her stuff. Mm-hmm. So that way she can get more of Her uh, drawings. Is Does it her he, drawings? I don't I don't remember if he sells her drawings. I think he just helps her sell her muscles and shit. Oh, muscles. Okay, yeah. yes. But I know he does help her to get that her way, drawings in the... That's way later, though. That's way later. Okay. Yeah. So he starts selling her muscles so that way she's seen less by people who could identify her for social services and stuff that's yes yeah so she's trying to like stay hidden even Mm -hmm. more than usual um but then ouch ouch ouch, sorry i have an itch on my leg and it just started hurting me so tate starts senior year and he starts bringing her textbooks to read like um, science and biology And she just, like, dives in and becomes absolutely upset. I was just about to say in the little shack, I remember the textbooks, like, old textbooks there. But I knew that wasn't mm-hmm. y- there yet. And... I just remember in my head. I feel like I just remember everything I remembered in my head. Like, yeah. I see it so clearly, like, what I think it would be. Yeah. It's almost like you see it as a movie more than, like, you remember, like, the mm-hmm. words. Uh-huh. It's, it's so Isn't interesting. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's a movie in your mind. Oh, my God. It's so gnarly, though, that, like, our brains can think and, like, in that visualize way. that shit. Right. Like, a full scene of a movie just in our mind. But, um, so she finally invites him in for the first time, and he, like, <clears throat> is obsessed with her big collections that she yes! has. Yes! He appreciates it so <clears throat> much. And, um... So she starts reading her first books like on her own, mm-hmm. which is really big. And now she starts thinking of Tate in like a more romantic way. Uh, like she thinks about him asking her to a dance, even though she knows she would fucking hate it because there's people around and stuff. But like in the book that she read, it's, she is like, our romance. antisocial queen. I love her so much. Oh my God. But for real. No, she fucking hates people. She because she, no, there hasn't been a lot of people in her life that has actually treated her with oh yeah the kindness and respect. As she should hate all the people because right. everyone's trash because everybody's been so jaded to her. But um, so now Mabel comes and like gives her a bra and like new clothes and stuff, and then Mabel's like, if you have any questions, like come talk to me, and I was like. I literally fucking forgot about periods. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. What is she going to fucking do? No one's there to tell her what's going on. But God bless Mabel. And she can go to her and she, like, explains everything. Uh Uh-huh. And she, like, hugs her. That's the first physical touch she's had in years is Mabel hugging her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I love. So touched. I love it. Yes. Just, like, innocent <coughs> touch, too. Now, obviously. Like, you know what I mean? Just hugs and, like, basic human, like, interaction like that. Yeah. And it's funny because the first day she gets her period, 
she like literally pulls the boat over and is having horrible cramps so she sits on the shore and tate comes up to her and he's like what's wrong she's like i don't feel well like my stomach is cramping really bad and he's like oh well like i brought you a pamphlet a couple of weeks ago and he's like so sweet about it and he's like are you sure you can get home okay and he like makes sure she gets home okay and he's like it's natural it's okay like Yada yada. <laughs> Where are these men like Tate and Sam? I know. I really thought that Sam and fucking uh, Percy are just like these two in a different way. I just can't. I just can't. I, I just thought of it so much. Oh, anyways. Um. But then he brings her a cake. Yes. He's so sweet. And um, <laughs> you sound like you're about to cry then and there. So then we like start to get some of his thoughts too from his like perspective because most mm-hmm. of it's from Kaya's perspective, right? But um, we find out that there are men who are like making bets on who will get her cherry or her virginity, mm-hmm. and um, it like pisses him off. So one part that I didn't love is that he's like, I love her like a sister but also not because he yeah lost his sister and mom right <coughs> and he was friends with jody so like i get it and it was sweet but also like felt weird for a second yeah because you're like tate you've got to discern what a sisterly love is and what love love is yeah. because that's not the same but thankfully it's such like a small moment right it's kind of overshadowed by like he's like no i like love love her so but still it was like i know I know. But um, then they both talk to each other about their families. And, like, we find out that, you know, Tate's parent or mom and sister died. And then she opens up to Tate about his fam, her family, too, and stuff. So. Right. And then uh, in the fall, they finally fucking kiss for the first time. <sighs> and she's like, am I your girlfriend now? And he says, do you want to be? And he goes, you're young. <laughs> Tate! Um, she goes, but I know feathers. <laughs> and then she, he goes, all right then. And then they kiss again. And for the first time ever, her heart is full. That's how that scene goes. And I also noted that I read that at 3.45 a.m. I saw so, that. <laughs> I was probably extra emotional that late at night. But... Now they're, like, hanging out all the time, and um, he brings her a cake with her name on it and presents for her birthday, and it's just all so sweet. He brings her paint supplies so she mm-hmm. can paint more, and... Um, because he's seen her paintings, too. Yes, because when he went inside and saw her collection, right. she had, like, started labeling them and painting them right. and stuff like that. So then Tate and Scupper finally talk about Kaya. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, well, you never take an interest in the other girls. And, like, I've heard about you and the Marsh girl or whatever. And um, we find out that Tate's going to college for science. Yes. A, not super far away, but back but then. But still far enough. Far enough. Like, not everyone has cars and all that junk. So. Right. Um, but he gives her a dictionary and pressed in between the pages of the dictionary a is like different flower. flowers and like there's a mushroom in one and a feather in one and it's like all to do with like 
the definitions on those pages. And it's literally the cutest fucking thing ever. Or is it an encyclopedia? Is the dictionary an encyclopedia? Okay. Yeah. It was so fucking cute, though. He's so thoughtful. I was about to say, I was like, why can't there be thoughtful men? Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I, yeah. Thoughtful. Because these men are written by women, Maddie. Let's be real. I know. Ugh. I know. It's just, it's so hard. It makes me feel like there's a pipe dream and I'm never going to have it. You will. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, going to warn the listeners, like, maybe you're getting in your feels. For about I mean, it's almost midnight. True. We got 30 minutes to midnight. But. <laughs> I'll have 30 minutes before I'm about to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stay awake, bitch. Maddie's literally slowly laying I down know. in my bed. And so I'm sitting up. She's like slowly, getting, slowly more getting more and more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to pass out in my bed pretty soon. Oh my God, I literally started to like in a sitting position on, the, yeah, on your you like bed rest. And then it essentially just like scooted down. I'm literally going to take a picture and post it on our stories. That's, this is too fucking funny. Oh my God. Take it. In real time. Oh, my Lord. That's so <laughs> funny. Oh, my God. I can't wait to post that. But, Excuse me. I probably um, look so... I probably look wretched as fuck. No, you don't. It's okay. It's okay. Anything for you guys. <laughs> so, now it's spring and they're, like, getting more serious. And he says that he loves her. Yes. But he is getting a job at the biology lab and leaving early for school. And the way I, I immediately was like, like, is this Sam? every summer after? What the fuck? I know. Lying about the job. Like, what the hell? But just because men don't know how to be confrontational in a way that is like. Just the way gentle. that is gentle, informative. Just like they think that they do more harm in telling us. But. In reality, they do a lot worse in keeping it and just being like, hey, I'm leaving tomorrow. I never told you the entire time. Yeah. Well, so anyways. And then as soon as uh, she's he says, I promise I'll come back to you. She runs away. She's like, literally, everybody has left me. me. Yes. And what what makes you any different? Even though you've shown me so much love and kindness, like. That's not what I'm used to. I've been given love and kindness before, and even then, that's not enough to have kept them. Yeah. And so, then we find out he's leaving even earlier than that. Like, literally not even staying for graduation ceremony. And he's leaving for college right away. Right. For this mm-hmm. biology lab thing. Right. And um, then it skips ahead to the investigation in 1969 again. And um, we find out now that, like... Chase was mixed up in the marsh and he took lots of solo trips out to the marsh. Right. And um, then we go back to 1961 where Tate had promised to come back for the 4th of July and, and he doesn't. He didn't. And, and back in that day you don't have like phones. She didn't have a phone. No. He didn't know her address. Yeah. Like to send her anything to let her know that hey I'm not coming back. And I feel so bad because she literally like, runs out into the beach and is like, Tate, Tate, no, no. Like, she's screaming her emotions. And I was just like, this is so intense. Like, uh-huh. oh, I don't know. She's just. She's she, literally burying her heart to the world. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Just 
hit me. And then Kaya's heart was left on the sand where Tate said goodbye. She <laughs> wonders what she had done to send everyone away. Stop. Heartbreaking. I can't. Heartbreaking. I can't listen to these words. This I know. Late. How did you read this book this late? Because I would literally be a wreck. I was wide the fuck awake. I was so invested. My boyfriend was passed out next to me too for the whole time. He like falls asleep at like eleven thirty at night. You're still reading. He would turn over every once in a while and be like, "Oh, you're awake still," but and you'd be like, it. "Yeah, it's worth it." You'd be like, "Your eye twitching," and you'd be like, "Yeah." Literally, tears like, streaming so down my face. It's so good. <laughs> I love it so much. I'm, I'm connecting all the dots. <laughs> everything, everything is clear. <laughs> Oh my god! I can just imagine. You know that it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah like, that's exactly what I was board. thinking. Oh, like, Every, everything person. makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Oh my gosh! So now she goes for no- a lot of, a lot more years all by herself. Yes. Um, loneliness growing, and all of a sudden it's part two, which is called. The swamp. The swamp. <laughs> and now all I can think of Shrek is my Somebody. swamp. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to sing? Oh, my God. It's like, you can think of is my swamp, and I'm like, somebody once told me the world was macaroni. Oh, my God. <laughs> I uh, and the you. sharpest tool in the shed. Bro, I just literally say <laughs> no, this live podcast. Oh, okay. Anyway, no. Maybe we should do these more often. I feel like I'm more entertaining. <laughs> do the late night uh, delusional ones. Yeah. I'm down. I love a good, I'm a night person. But maybe like on Saturday. Yeah, not on a Monday. Or, you know, Friday or Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> so any other day besides the Monday you're saying? Isn't that like Sunday through Wednesday? Okay. That works for me. Anyways. Anyways. I uh so now we're in nineteen sixty five and she's nineteen years old, which means it's four years since Tate left for college. And I'm reading this at four thirty in the morning, I noted. Wait, it's four thirty AM when I read this. I was part. like, How does that make sense? How did he leave for college and she's nineteen? I remember if he's older. Yeah. Uh, she's a little bit younger than him. But um, this is when she sees Chase and his friends at the beach and they like make eye contact. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, for the first time. Yes. And uh, so she goes to jump ins one morning and Chase is there. Mm-hmm. And he introduces himself and asks her to go on a picnic date with him. Yes. And she goes. And then we find out that Tate came to see her 15 days later after the 4th of July. And um, he watched her hide from another boater coming by. And in his mind, he thinks she'll never be able to be a part of my world. Like, because he, he, yes. he wanted to bring her to the biology lab. And he's like, she'll never be able to handle this. And so he just, like, doesn't even give Kaya a chance. Yeah. Well, he thinks he's like, <coughs> I can't have her. Like, she'll never be able to fit with me in the way that I want her to fit. And 
he basically gives up on her. Yeah. He gives up on that, on her trying to fit into his... His world. Into his dream, yeah. And, and I, that makes me so sad because he doesn't give... Again, it makes me think about how men are just the decision makers in all of our, like, relationships. They're like, until they're ready to settle down, then they don't settle down. You know what I mean? Like, until yeah. they're ready to get married, that's when they get married. Well, I mean... And it sucks. Because, like... You could be ready, but unless they feel like, no, 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 no. It's like their decision. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. It just makes me aggravated. Until, like, a man is ready to settle down, then truly whatever you settle down. Whatever. Anyways, I'm going to get off my soapbox because that's not what this is for. <laughs> and. Uh, Anyways, anyway. so he says it's Kaya or everything else, and he chooses everything else because he doesn't want to give up on graduate school and all that stuff. So right. She goes on a picnic with chase and she gets in a boat with him and i literally got so nervous immediately i was like Mm -hmm. do not get in a boat with this man that you don't fucking know like what the fuck she doesn't know stranger danger though i mean she does but she also doesn't yeah i don't know but she said uh, she simply wanted to fill all the empty spaces and ease the loneliness while walling off her heart so she's like I'm just so alone. Like I don't. I just want right. But like I just need another human company. Right, company. Which, uh, yeah, that that would do it to you. Anyways, but then he breaks out the harmonica, and I was like, (laughs) um, I don't take you seriously. The harmonica. (laughs) (laughs) But he packed like this extravagant picnic. And the first thing that went through my mind is who made this picnic? Because mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't fucking you, sir. Nope. I was like, it was either your fucking mother or who your thought girlfriend. Of, thought that you're going to a picnic with your girlfriend. Yeah. Or the girlfriend who thought the picnic was for her and then you canceled and took the food. Yeah. But then they're like making out and he's like pushing it too far. Uh-huh. And... uh but she, like, pushes him away. She whatever. does. She denies him. And he admits just to wanting to snag her. Yes. But now he's entranced by her. Right. And Which I is such the biggest lie. He obviously, like, the most obvious bad vibes from the get-go. Right. Obviously, we know he's murdered, so that doesn't help. But still, he gives you the creeps. He gives you a lot of bad feelings, a lot of negative energy. You just know he's a sleazy dude. Yeah. So much so that she runs to her boat. Yes. Like, miles and miles away runs to it. Yes. Instead of going back with him in his boat. But, uh, ten days later, she's boating around and sees him and his friends. Um, and she stares at him and then he waits for her to come back. Like, his friends leave him and he's, like, chilling there waiting for her. And, um, they go to the fire tower and this is when she gives him the necklace that she made him, the seashell Mm. with the rawhide. Right. And, um, he asked her to see her house and I was so surprised that she says yes Mm. and brings him inside and he's like, doesn't get her collections, which... Obviously, the author is setting us up to, like, love Tate because Tate understands her. Right. Versus this guy is like, why the fuck are you collecting all this shit that's literally outside your door? Right. 
he doesn't see the value of like what it is. He doesn't see the value of her. He just sees yeah. her as an object. And then I love that she's so straight up and is like, what do you want with me? Tell me the truth. Yeah. And then he asks if he can come back. And I'm like, do you actually fucking like her? Like, I cannot fucking tell. Like, no. You're an asshole. And so now it jumps forward to 1969 and we find out about the necklace and they try and go see Kyla. Kyla. Kaya. Kaya. Um, but she avoids them each time. And the officer literally is like, I feel like she's watching us from just beyond the trees or something. And I'm like, yeah, because mm-hmm. she fucking is, you little idiot. She's such an enigma. And I love it to them. Like, for her, that is the most dangerous and powerful position that she can be in. Like, just hiding among the trees. Just knowing that, like, the fact she's like, I feel like she's watching us. Like, how oh, creepy. For real. Do you feel like, how much power do you feel like she just exerts in just that one sentence? Right. No, it is definitely make a man who thinks he has authority oh for sure afraid powerful thing make his pockets hurt (laughs) just kidding (laughs) oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh my lord i didn't think it was gonna be that funny (laughs) i can't anyways (laughs) it jumps back to 1965 and uh, she laughs at a joke from that Chase says. And she says she laughed for his sake, giving away another piece of herself just to have some, just to have someone else. And, and I think this is where she shows that she's like sacrificing to fit in. Yeah. Or sacrificing 100%. for, sacrificing who she is to finally have some kind of connection and to not be alone because she's tired of it. You know? And I think this is the shift of her realizing that she can't give up who she is to be, like, you know, eventually. She's giving up who she is to try and fit into whoever, to society, to yeah. her friends, to have a community. Yeah. And stuff. Um, And then we find out that Tate is fucking back. Yes. And Tate is randomly... um. Like, going to see her one day. He's like, I can't handle it anymore. I have to tell her I love her. Oh, my God. And I can't believe... I can't believe he does this, too. And I'm like, you fucker. He says he couldn't breathe without her. I know. he could live in her world. He wants to marry her. He shouldn't ever let her go again. And... He shouldn't have... Yeah. He's like, how could I have left left you? But when he shows up, he sees... Chase and Kaya kissing again. Like Yes. And that's the first time they kissed since their first date. Uh-huh. At the picnic or whatever. And what? it's just so fucking sad because timing is such a thing in this book, like, for them. Yes. Timing is so important. And Time is just so important. I it mean, has such a stronghold on this book. Later on in the book, he's like, what can I do to, like, earn you back and, like, he and he says earn the fuck around and he says earn i love that yes like this man's devotion is unending and that's what i like to see that's what should be really <laughs> just Sorry, kidding i'm a, just kidding a notification was, pop up on my computer and, very loud. <laughs> and uh, man, i did not like that i guess <laughs> i'm just totally kidding oh my god i know it's just funny i know but 
Um, now she's reading the textbooks about the males and the mating patterns. Yes. And, stuff. and I just love how she looks at life through a lens of nature mm-hmm. for like everything. I mean, because we are also a part of nature. I think we're very selfish and egocentric in thinking that we are not. We that's not what we came that we're from. Above it. Yes. Yeah. That but nature surrounds us. That we are not surrounded by nature. What? That certain like nature surrounds us. Not we are surrounded by nature. That we are important. Surrounds so you're us. Like it revolves around yes. us instead of it. We're we a part are of, of it. nature. Gotcha. Sorry, you said it surrounds us instead of we're surrounded by it or something. And I yeah, I said we that <laughs> nature surrounds us rather than we are surrounded by nature. It's just a form of thinking. Mm. That yeah. I was confused. You weren't because you got it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't get it is this what you mean that's exactly what i mean (laughs) i guess the wording just tripped me up but anyways (laughs) anyways okay keep going um kaya starts picturing a future with chase and she wants to spend time with his friends and like be part of his community Mm -hmm. um and so they keep going on dates and they hang out a lot. Yes. And then there's a scene where, like, they strip down to swim. He goes, I won't look, and stares at her. her. As she strips. She's like, okay, like, turn around. And then he doesn't. I was just like, you're disgusting. You fucking asshole. Any respectable man would do it, a.k.a. Tate and Sam. Sam. <laughs> I just thought I was fucking thinking totally. But, oh. um, then... He is, like, pressuring her, obviously. And then he pulls out the I'm falling in love with you bullshit because mm. he wants to fuck her. Yes. And she keeps saying no. And thankfully they don't at this point. But then he starts lying and is like, you'll meet my parents soon. Like, we'll go out and yes. do things. And he's fishing and he's just, you know, casting those lines that you she knows that she just wants to be a part of. She wants to finally fit in. and to finally community. Right. Ugh. She doesn't want to be seen as the Marsh Girl anymore. It's like only as the Marsh Girl. Yeah. There's more to her. But then it's 1966, and they've been together for a year. Mm-hmm. And then he brings up marriage and building her a house. And I wrote down this part, this excerpt is Kaya could barely breathe. He wanted her in his life, not just a hint, but something like a proposal. Uh, she would belong to someone, be a part of a family. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking devastating because this man is just screwing with he's, this poor girl. Right. And he's set to be married to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Has a life with this other woman, essentially. And he has no intentions of doing anything that he's saying. Yeah. And then he's he's like literally talking about a studio for her collections and her paintings. And stuff. Right. I'm telling like, you. He's just. So he's personal and like. He's feeding her every thing, every lie that she wants to hear or that she's looking for. And unfortunately for Kaya, she doesn't understand. She can't see what's the truth and what's the lie. And it just sucks because, like, Tate would actually give her those things. Right. 
and I literally wrote, Tate, please come back. Oh. But um, I mean, he now does. he mentions an overnight drive to Asheville. Uh-huh. And we're like, okay, well, we fucking know he only wants to bring her with because he wants to have sex with her. Like, right. It's fucked up. And he brings her with. Mm-hmm. And once they get to the motel, he says, it's time. Don't you agree? It's time. Yes. It's literally what a gross way to be like, I want to have sex with you for the first time. Like, no romance, no sweetness, nothing. Right. Just, it's time you owe me. Yep. Like, I've put in my dues. Right, I've waited long oh, enough. Oh, it makes my skin burn. <laughs> burn. Crawl. And then, of course, she says, each time left her wanting. And then, he fucking makes her spend Christmas by herself. After she has the guts to ask, like, I want to spend time with your family. Can I come to Christmas dinner? And then doesn't he say, like, that just wouldn't be the great time, like, the best time to come meet them? Yeah, he's like, my aunts will be in town and blah, 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 blah. Just excuses. Yes. And now Tate comes back. And she sprints out her fucking door and just starts throwing rocks at him. I know! And it's honestly amazing that she does that. I love it so much. She's like, yes! Go, Kaya! Uh, And she's, like, telling him off, and it's so good. I go, tell him, Kaya, but forgive him, please. Y'all need to be together. (laughs) Like, immediately, I'm like, tell that man off, but also please forgive him because y'all are the love scene in each other's lives. Literally. But... He actually owns his shit and has, like, a good apology. This is what we were talking about earlier with, like, the earning it. Like, he talks about how he wants to earn her back. Yes. And stuff. Um, and then he, this is where he brings up wanting to send her collections mm. to a publisher to get them published into a book. And right. And so she gives him some. She lets him come inside and, like, he takes some of the stuff. And... He sends it off. So now it jumps forward to 1969. And Hal, one of the fishermen, um, says that he saw her going towards the tower at like 2 in the morning. The night chase died in her boat. Yes. I literally wrote, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> shut your damn mouth. I was like, I don't care if she's guilty. He deserves it. And... We're not going to let her like, she's actually not guilty because you as a society failed her. Yes. And then it jumps back to 1967. So we're closing the gap on, like, when Chase is killed and, like, current, like... The timelines are about to match up. Yes. And um, she goes to the store to buy some groceries because she wants to make a nice dinner for Chase... And who does she fucking run into? Chase, Chase with his arm around someone. Yes. And then he's like, oh, hey, Kaya. And then he walks away. Like, yeah. He doesn't stay to talk to her. And then while she's at the store, she buys a newspaper. And when she gets home, she sees that there's a fucking engagement announcement yep. for him. And, and the girl. The girl. Arm he had around. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like livid. And she leaves it open on the table, and she runs the fuck away. And when he comes to see her next, he 
she isn't there he goes inside and he sees the paper and he's like fuck she knows yeah and he is like trying to find her but she refuses to come out and so he boats away and kaya get the fuck out of here yeah he's such a piece of shit he got what was coming to him well not yet but now it's 1968 so we're getting even closer she's 22 and now she has a published book on shells and the birds one is coming next and so she got she gets like royalty she gets the royalty checks Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so now she's not poor and like living on the land cents a day and shit. right so this girl deserves it she does because her she she just deserves everything yes and um she is still waiting for Ma, <laughs> poor which is poor baby. So goddamn sad. <laughs> oh, I just want um, to give her a fucking dog, dude. I know. She writes a letter to Tate saying thank you, and that she wants to give him a copy of her book. Mm. And so she sends that letter and now she gets to like renovating her shack which is like so sweet that she still wants to live there but she gets like a fridge and running water and heat and like all this different stuff right she makes it a home yes but then she keeps some of like the kitchen table and then the old wood stove and stuff like that Mm because like it's still her home and i just like love those details so much (laughs) but now she goes and into town to like make sure that she owns the land because shit's being developed around her and destroyed. Mm-hmm. And we find out that um, she owns 310 acres of the marsh. Right. Because didn't the dad put the. So it's been in his family for a long time. Right. But no one was paying taxes. So she owed back taxes. Mm. And the clerk was like. Uh, whoever pays the back tax- taxes will eventually actually own the land or like they would own it. Uh-huh. So she pays the taxes and now the the land is all hers. Like it's officially in her name and shit. Yeah. And it, it wasn't it like a pretty small sum in comparison to what she thought it was going to yeah, be. She thought it was going to be so expensive, but it was only 800 bucks. Yes. So it was like $5 a year or something. Yes. Uh, and thankfully she was making all that money. So like she could afford it and it didn't like destroy her life. Right, 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 right. But, um, now she's thinking about Tate and she says, I could be his colleague. <gasps> oh, yeah. yeah. And it's just like. As an equal. Yes. That's what their relationship's always been. Like, even when he had, like, the upper hand, he never made it, like, apparent. Right. He it was an equal. It was equal. a true relationship. It wasn't transactional. Yes. Ugh. Mm. Makes my heart sing. But. She brought Jumpin' a copy of her book, too, and he had it displayed on the shop. shop. And it goes, as a father would have shown it. And I was like, you can end it all now. I'm devastated. It was so sweet. I just love them so much. I know. He's like, uh, he's like one of the only constants in her life. I know. And just like always him there and Mabel. Her. It's amazing. But so now it's nineteen sixty nine. So this is the year that Chase is murdered. Mm-hmm. And um Kaya, we find out, was in Greenville, according to Jumpin' and Tate. 
That's what they tell the police. Right. And then uh, um, Miss Pansy from Five and Dime comes into the police station and says that she saw Kaya getting on the bus to go to Greenville and coming back after Chase was murdered. Right. So, like, this is when her alibi starts. Right. Um. And... Bro, she's so smooth for this shit. Bro. Oh. When it finally came all to, like, so light. smart. And how she did it all, I was like... I know. <laughs> and, uh... So, now it jumps back to 1968 for some reason. But... Uh, she's publishing more and more books and whatnot. And this is when Jody finally shows up in a military uniform. Oh, yeah. And he talks about how he's been looking for her forever and um he like re-enlisted in the army a second time as punishment for leaving her like he felt so horrible oh yes i remember this yes and this is when we find out that their mom died two years ago from leukemia Mm -hmm. so poor kaya had been waiting for her mom to come back and she would die she had died Mm -hmm. and um we find out that her mom like literally lost her mind basically yeah. when she left the family and we find out that the letter was mom wanting to come and take the kids away but then their dad threatened to like literally beat them to death basically mm-hmm. she tried to come and take the kids right and it's just really sad that she could have had the mom that i mean like the family and the relationship with her mom had she wanted right but she didn't know how to read so but um Jody brings her a bunch of paintings that her mom made later in life. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, all of her kids. And yeah. then we see that there's one of her and Tate when she was even littler. Uh, yeah, like, really small. And this is when Tate was, like, friends with Jody, <laughs> And we find yeah. out that Tate stopped coming around because Tate saw Pa shaking the shit out of Kaya. And he came and, like, yelled at him. And Pa, Mm -hmm. like, smacked the shit out of Tate. And then Mm -hmm. he, like, refused to come by until when she was seven years old and he made sure that she got home safe when she got lost on the boat. Right. And it's just, like, so full circle and so fucking good. Everything is connected. It's amazing. And they hung up the paintings around their house. Mm -hmm. And Jody. Like, she tells Jody that they fell in love, her and Tate or whatever. And he goes, go find Tate. He's a good man. Aww. Yeah. And then now it jumps back to 1969, and they finally got a warrant to search Kaya's house. Mm-hmm. And they found the red wool hat, which matches the fibers. Of the red fibers. Red the fibers. Right. Um, that Chase was wearing on the night of his murder. So, that's not great. Right. And then, so, they end up taking her in because they feel like they have, like, reasonable, like, you know, cloths because they found, obviously, they found the wool, the same wool fibers. Yeah. So, they end up taking her in. Mm -hmm. And I remember the entire time when I was reading this, she was just silent. Like, she did not say a word to them. No. She did not say anything. They would ask her questions. I remember her in the courtroom. She just wouldn't say anything yeah which real life lesson if you're ever fucking arrested never say a goddamn word get a lawyer 
Never. Ever. Use your Miranda rights. Literally, they can use anything and everything against Plead the fifth. Anyways. <laughs> I feel like... Real life advice. I feel like that may have just not been taken <laughs> as nicely as we wanted it to, but if you're ever in that situation, just, you Shut know... Shut the fuck up. Not saying that we are condoning behavior that gets you arrested. Oh. In what way would they think that that was what we were saying? Well, because they said if you ever get arrested, yeah. you have to have you have to commit some kind of weird behavior. I guess. Anyways, so we don't condone crimes. There you go. We don't condone Sorry, crimes. Sorry, I like talking weird accents sometimes when I'm like <laughs> feeling funky and fresh and weird, and it's midnight and I'm feeling funky, fresh and weird. <laughs> Maddie's like rolling her eyes. I'm not rolling my eyes. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them awake. <laughs> okay, I'll keep okay. us going then. Okay. Um. So the day she got arrested, she went to jump-ins. Mm-hmm. And she thought she got there earlier than they would have. But they were there. And he, jump-ins was on the dock. And he was just shaking his head like, don't come closer. Don't come closer because they're here. Mm-hmm. But obviously she didn't get that. So she was arrested. And um, now it jumps forward to 1970. And we find out her lawyer, Tom Milton, I believe his name is, came out of retirement just for her to work for her case pro yeah. bono. Um, and to, like, warm her up, he brought her a book on rare shells. And it's, like, the first thing that she, like, is, like, feels anything for since she's been arrested, basically. She's mm-hmm. in jail for two months. Yes. Uh, just sitting there. Sitting. And we also find out that they're going after the death penalty for her. Yes. Which is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she makes friends with a cat. Yes. Sunday Justice is his name. <laughs> Sunday Justice. He comes and sleeps with her at night. And oh. She becomes very attached to the cat. I know. Because <coughs> cats are the best. They are the best. And honestly, I kind of love the, like, uh, bailiff mm-hmm. in the story. I think his name is Jordan or something, but he is so nice to her. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're not eating your dinner. Like, you need to eat dinner. And then she's like, can you let the cat in at night? And he's like, of course, Mrs. Clark. Like, I'll let the cat in. Like, he's so nice to her. And I was like, mm-hmm. thank God this man is showing her, like, some kindness. because Some human decency. Yes. But... Um, this is when we find out that Miss Culpepper, the truant officer, is on her side. And, uh-huh. like, there was one day when she came to get Kaya when she was younger, and Kaya was, hung, like, hiding in the bushes, and they made eye contact. And she just, like, smiled at her and didn't, like, force her to get in the car to go to school. Mm-hmm. And so you, like, start to see these, like, people in the town who were still, like, on her side, even if they weren't, like, a huge saving part. her right. from all the horribleness right um like little small things that they have done for yeah. her like um the lady at the five and dime who said that she saw kaya get on the bus and then mrs singletary who was at the piggly wiggly who would help her with change and she would give her extra change uh, right so that kaya had money An- enough money and stuff but then it jumps back to 1969, and this is when we find that Chase assaults Kaya. Yes. He um, basically follows her to 
the fire tower and um like beats the shit out of her and mm-hmm. then tries to sexually assault her but thankfully she gets away yes and then we find out that two men witnessed it and didn't like do anything about it mm-hmm. um then it jumps forward to 1970 and she is basically saying like i'm not gonna tell anyone because they'll just use it against me like I'm the right. Marsh girl. Like, they're, they're never going to believe me. Right. Anything that I'm going to say, they're just going to be like, well, you egged it on. Or you coerced him into thinking that you loved him. Or, yeah, exactly what she said. You use it against me. It wouldn't help me in any way. Yeah. And so then we jump back to 1969. And she is absolutely terrified and paranoid mm-hmm. that Chase is going to come back for her. So she goes to the old spot where only Tate, Tate and her knows. And then she told Jumpin' about it, too, just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a good thing she is hiding from Chase because at one point he does come back looking for her on the beach. Yes. Uh, and thankfully she can, like, hide from him. And he doesn't see her, but he, like, beat her so bad that for, like, a month she had a bruise on her face. Mm-hmm. And, like, she couldn't see out her eye for a little bit. And this is when she says, like, I finally understand, Mom, like, why you left. Right. And I forgive you. Yeah. Because she's, like. I couldn't have dealt with this for as long as you did. She's, like, no man is going to feel like he has that power over me. Right. And, um. What's my next note? Oh, she mentions how the female insects knew what to do with their lovers because she read about how the permantis eats eats the male, mm-hmm. kills him, and so then it jumps forward to 1970 and she's in jail with no bail for several months, like we said earlier. And it jumps back and um. Tate's like, oh, I have a new, like, microscope to show you. Like, come on my boat or whatever. And they finally, like, have, like, a moment where he finally feels like, oh, she's coming back to me. Mm-hmm. And then this is where she gets the red hat, the red wool hat. Uh-huh. Is Tate gives it to her because it's a chilly day. And so now we're like, oh, like, this is a weird new development. Like, could Tate have killed him? Mm-hmm. Like, because we just don't know enough to right. think of who killed him yet so um at one point she ends like one of the paragraphs with the quote who decides the time to die and this is where we like no shit is like real real mm-hmm. happening um <sighs> let's see so, we, like, jump back and forth a little bit more, but um, in 1970, the trial's going on, and literally the case against Kaya is so fucking weak. It is all circumstantial and, like, theoretical at best. <laughs> I didn't know you were a lawyer. But, yeah, no, it is. It's It's a lot of it is just kind of just, like, we just know that she did it. And there's nothing that can prove it other than just being like, no, we know that she did it. She did it. So, 
you just need to say that she did so that's the whole point of like the trial mm-hmm. is them trying to figure out and trying to prove this entire case again as you said under circumstantial evidence and so they don't find a case and i think that like at the end essentially who sticks up for her is it it's a woman um i mean mrs singletary says stuff for her right a lot of people in the town that were on her side come and testify for her or not against her but for her side her publisher testifies on her behalf right um it's so sweet because like at first it's just tate sitting behind her in in the court and then it's tate and jumping and then tate and then it gets more and then all of um who nothing um her publisher and then eventually tate's dad right actually comes and sits behind her in support right and i think i remember oh it was the lawyer and at the very end of like the trial and stuff they talk about how he talks about how you guys have failed her as a society so why you're condemning her only because of what you think she deserves from your head you don't know who she is you have failed everything to integrate her into society yeah you could everything that Right. Everything that you are saying is based on a stereotype that you created for her. Yeah. And that gives no validation or reason to convict her for murder over the stereotype of what you think she is. They made her into to the, the villain. Right. They made her into the villain. They made her into the scapegoat of whatever it is, you know, that happened. Yeah. Like, so the evidence that they have, quote unquote, is... um. Well, there's uh, a young boy and then an old woman who could have been her in disguise coming to and from Greenville. Right. Where she met her publisher the night Chase died. And they saw her in a boat uh, going towards the fire tower at 2 a.m., but there was no moon, no lights, and it could have been her, but also a ton of people in that town have the same kind of boat as her. Right. So, like, all this evidence is, like, well, it could have been her, but I'm not 100% sure. Yes, nothing is 100, 100% positive. Nothing lines up, like, exactly. So, and then, obviously, in law, or in the case, you need to have a very solid... They have to be fact. They have to be fact, yeah. exactly. They can't be like, well, she could have done this. And that reasonable doubt, I think, starts to kind of form in everybody's mind yeah. eventually. And then they see that they want her to be the villain so bad they want her to be what they've created her to be mm-hmm. and she's not and um so then we also find out that like those red fibers mm-hmm. they could have been on uh chase for like for years. years and so because she had that hat for a while Every piece of evidence, quote unquote, that is kind of disputed is just like so shaky at best. And finally, they come back with the not guilty verdict. Mm -hmm. And I was so fucking relieved. Mm -hmm. I was not sure if they were going to like be good people or not. Yeah, I didn't know either. I kind of was up in the air on whether or not they would or they wouldn't. Yeah. But the most amazing sweetest thing 
is when she gets back to her shack and she sees that Tate left the crumbs out for her to give to the gulls right away when she got home. Oh, Like, he yes. was feeding the gulls for her while she was gone. And then he left that out for her. And um, then Tate's out fishing one morning and Kaya goes to go see him. And then the police come and, like, take him and his boat in. And you're like, oh, God, what the fuck happened? And then we find out that Tate's dad died. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so she leaves him a feather on his boat seat and they come back together and they are like, OK, we're like, we're going to do this. Right. This. Right. And they get they move in together and he says, I want to marry you. And she goes, we're already married like the geese. Uh-huh. So, like in her mind, like she's always been together. together right. Yeah. She's like, I think I loved you before I even knew I loved you. Knew I loved you as a child, like. Uh huh. Um. After Jody told her that story of how like right. he rescued her, basically, and they built a lab and a studio on their shack. Uh huh. And they invite Jody to visit with his wife, and eventually mm-hmm. they bring their kids around, and it's so sweet. Uh, sadly, they never have kids. Mm-hmm. It's just not. In the stars for them. That's what they said. Yeah. And then Jumpin' passes away. Uh-huh. Eventually. Which is devastating. And uh, Kaya goes to... See Mabel. Mabel. And she's like, you were like a daughter to him. And she yeah. was, he was my pa. He was my and pa. I was and I like, like, yeah! I'm unwell. When I read that, I was like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> Why Keep not? I'm surprised. You should have cried. I cried. Because it was like... I cried the entire, like, ending of this. It was, like, uh, two in the morning, and I was like, I need to go to bed, and if I start crying, I'm gonna be up for another two hours. Oh. Because I'd have to go sit in my closet and cry, because that's where I go when I Oh, cry. okay. <laughs> my baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then they're together for a long time, and, and then just living their life very happy. And then this is what the part I remember. So it was so quick. Yeah. And she just, it would just talks about how one day they were older. 64. 64, 65, which is not very old. And she has a heart attack and she just dies there. She, uh, Tate goes looking for her because she didn't come home. Uh Uh-huh. And he finds her like laying down in her boat, basically. Yeah. And he like loses his mind obviously he's like screaming at her like wake up wake up and stuff and but she had died in her boat which mm-hmm. is perfect because symbolic where she would want to be right it's just like, very symbolic and they bury her under an oak tree overlooking the sea mm-hmm. instead of the cemetery and and then he finds her like secret poetry collection that mm-hmm. she's been submitting to the paper for years because she was that she anonymous was young young yeah she was the anonymous like sally poet. or poet or whatever amanda hamilton amanda we hamilton find out that every poem that she says and she by amanda a, Han- a poem amanda, by amanda was her. her and we also find out that her confession to the murder is enlaced in one of those poems do you want me to read the excerpt yeah <laughs> sure 
because it's so beautifully done. I mean, so it's called the firefly, which yes. is symbolic because the firefly mating pattern was another one that she mentioned where it would lure in other species and kill them. Mm-hmm. And it says luring him was easy as flashing valentines, but like the lady firefly, they, they hid a secret call to die. Um, and then, I mean, it just goes on like that. Basically, down, down he falls, his eyes still holding mine until they see another world. I saw them change. First a question, then an answer, finally an end. And love itself passing to whatever it was before it began. And so it's basically like this poem confirms that she fucking killed Chase. Yeah. She and dropped she him through the grate. Yeah. The fire tower. And poor fucking Tate. Like, what a sweet it's man. It's such a, like, rocked his world. But she also, like, yeah. It was just, it's perfect. And then he burns it all. Yeah. So that, so that no we, he can never know. know. I think he probably has an inkling of obviously what happened to her. Oh, I think she might have told him eventually. I can't remember. I don't remember exactly either, but I, I think remember. he knows. I think so too, but... Or in that poem, he kind of confirms suspicions and stuff. But anyways, she's reading the last few lines. As night fell, Tate walked back to the shack, but when he reached the lagoon, he stopped under the deep canopy and watched hundreds of fireflies beckoning far into the dark reaches of the march, way out yonder where the crawdads sing. And I die. I know. I Uh. cried so, so much. And like I said, I was so shocked whenever how Kaya died and how fast she did and it's you so, know, so abrupt. Yeah, very, very quick. But I mean, a lot of guess of nature is. But I loved that book. And I think it's something I definitely want to reread it here pretty soon. You totally should. It's devastating. I mean, even though we went through and the beautiful. entire synopsis just now. But True. it's fine. But <laughs> anyways. Do I take so, too many notes? Maybe. Maybe. A little bit. It's okay. It's hard because otherwise you like really forget things that happen. Mm-hmm. No, I like your notes. I like your notes. Hopefully it was helpful since you haven't read this one. No, it definitely was super helpful because I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that did happen. Yeah. But either way. So that's why I kind of led the discussion this evening. Yeah, which is fine (laughs) because I was like, I feel like I was being told a story. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. That's exactly why I'm falling asleep here. So anyways, but we'll make this outro a little bit shorter than usual. Um, <clears throat> next week we are talking about a court of mist and fury, which I, I was telling Tori, I was like, I listened back to our episode last week and I was like, maybe I should dial back the cursing a little bit because I got so heated no. that I felt like the entire thing, every other sentence was like, F this and F that and God damn it, this beat. Yeah, I mean, like, you literally the I hate Farah in the beginning. I did. So but this, I feel like this, her. I feel like this next book, I don't have as much strong emotions and i'm like farah i love you so it really is it was like a 180 so um that's next week that is next week we will try to put it up on monday like i said um i don't see why it won't be up on our normal time hopefully well i am moving in this weekend so i'm hoping that there isn't any hiccups with that 
It'll so, but either way, we will be back on a regular schedule Monday morning um, for next week. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Make sure you leave a review, a like. Come follow us on our Instagram page at Good Books Bad Banter, all one word. Um, you can also follow us on our Insta- our personal Instagrams if you definitely want to. I have a book Instagram called On the Same Pages with periods in between every word. Tori is at Tori Larson 7, right? Yeah. And then she also has her photography page if you want to go check that out too. So, um, yeah. And we hope you guys really enjoyed this last or this episode, even if it is a little late. And we may be a little deranged, (laughs) but hopefully it was entertaining. And if you absolutely love us, absolutely hate us, have any comments, concerns, questions, just want to tell us to shut the fuck up. No, I don't want you to tell us to shut the (laughs) fuck up because we won't. But I I mean, we won't. Exactly. But you can still DM us. Yeah. DM us. We like to hear your thoughts and discussions. Um, Yeah. So I guess that's a wrap for today or for finally for today. (laughs) And we hope you have a good night and we'll see you next week. Later. Bye.